A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me and my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he fuck, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We, you know what I'm saying? Go, Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You the best. Oh, okay, best never mind. I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Hi, it's just me, Paula Poundstone, here on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And I just wanted to tell you, before we get started, that I had a request from a fan, a listener, that said that she was having such a good time listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone that she was listening at work. And it caused her to screw up on her work. And she wondered if I might do for her a balloon animal sculpture of a botanist ruining a sample. So that's what I'm working on right now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Today's a special one, folks. It's our all-career corner episode of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Can Paula Poundstone find a different job? For instance, we'll talk with veteran anchorman Frank Buckley about the rules of journalism and whether Paula would be capable of following them and becoming an anchorwoman. And then Hector Garcia, president of his own window-washing firm, will tell us whether Paula has the skill set to become a high-rise window cleaner. I'm Adam Felber, trying to keep this program's platform steady, and I've got a cold, folks. And now, please welcome the woman with the persistent dry cough, who is always rocking the cradle, Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much, Adam. Adam Felber, bringing it sick as a dog, yeah, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. 
probably infecting every single no guest on our inc- show. Adam, and, and I don't have to worry about infecting Miranda Street, though, because they look like they're, they've already got whatever it is. But you know, Adam, I'm almost done making this uh, balloon sculpture of a botanist ruining a sample. Yeah, it's not a balloon sculpture, Paula. It's just a balloon. It's, no, it's a balloon I, I noticed that in the last two months since you started claiming you can do balloon animals, you have progressed to a point where you tie a balloon into a knot. Well, that's just part of, yeah, that's part of. It's a very small part of you. What you should be doing is twisting it. Twisting what? Sections of it to turn it into Don't other... touch it. You're going to get germs on it. Uh, don't I, touch it. I don't it. get germs on it. Let me also welcome tonight's house band, last-minute replacement, and a doozy guitarist, Ryan Gabrinetti. Yeah. Ryan, welcome. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, we originally we we were going to have a drummer tonight yeah. for the house band, right? And uh, went the way of Thomas Coyne. Yeah, he disappeared uh, into the memory hole. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll have more on Thomas Coyne in a while. We've got some developments in the Coyne case. Yeah, big big people on the edge of <laughs> people their people are looking seats. everywhere for him. Um, uh, Paula, we received an interesting note from Episcopal priest Andrew D'Angio White, or Denjo White, it's pronounced Denjo. Yes. And in a recent show, he heard you talking about Christmas. I think you were somewhat blasphemous about the, the manger and, the, and the, the birth of Christ. Oh, about Mary giving birth that yeah, night. And yeah. that, that's why people didn't want her at the inn. Because she went through a very long and pro- prolonged and screamy labor, right, I think is exactly. what you were saying. Yeah, I think that was right. what And I mean. at the time, you said, we've lost our key pastor demographic. Right, yeah, right. because Which, I was sure that everywhere uh, ministers and people of the clergy were turning off their, uh, well, I would say radios, Well, Episcopal but... priest Andrew Danjo White writes, my first reaction was, can I work this into a Christmas sermon? And then it was, <laughs> can I work this into the Christmas pageant? So while Paula's church-to-church campaign hasn't reached St. David's in Kennebunk Park, Maine, you haven't lost the clergy demo just yet. I, this makes me so proud. Uh, you know, actually, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm starting to get whatever you have. I, uh, it doesn't work that way. You couldn't have caught it this fast. No, I'm pretty sure I... No, you, you, you yeah. physically can't catch a cold that fast. No, you have one of the fast-acting ones. There's no fast-acting. I've been with you for like 15 minutes now. We were arguing about this earlier. Adam said that his street cred on health was that his father was a doctor. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, my father was an engineer, and... You see how much engineering got passed down you to me. You can't even twist a balloon. I am right now making a... No, I mean, like, you've just proven that you're not a, not an engineer's No, I'm not. Daughter. I'm not. Uh, you know what? My Wait a minute. One of my balloons... What are you doing? You're going to blow up another balloon? Well, yeah, this one it's was It's just adding insult up. to injury oh, right here. Look, this one was blown up yeah, and it... Yeah, it looks like it... a spent condom. <laughs> Boy, you must have the skinniest penis in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. It's, it's, it's a curse. Anyway, Andrew Dandrew White added a PS to his note. He oh, said, great. We're right while we're talking about the clergy, and well, now you have to bring up I condoms. I think we've established that you don't know how to lose that clergy demo anyway. <laughs> he might love this skinny right, penis remark. So the other night I was working in uh, Alexandria, we'll Virginia, yeah. and there was a woman right in the front row, and from the, like, I must have talked to her. I must have said, hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming, or something, like early on in the show. Right. And she told me me that she was a nun and as soon as she said she was a nun i went oh great how many times have i said fuck and she said five. Oh wow and then at the end of the show she stood up and announced to the crowd she actually counted how many times i i cursed she wasn't unhappy by the way she wasn't no. she was having a good time she was right, happy to be there why was she collecting why was she adding those up i i think she just felt like it was her responsibility somehow. as a nun but you know on this show um because well, she we're, dressed as a nun 
No, she was not in a nun outfit. I think and, she was a fake nun. No, I think she was a real nun because she I'm said because she blessed no. she blessed me. She um, blessed you? I, yeah, she did. She blessed me. How? And, and look how good I look. You look great. Um, thanks. Uh, so wait, there was something I was going to tell you about that. that. Oh, I know. See, on Maximum Fun, there's a that's our network. That's our network. There's a rule about like you have to label yourself like what is the term? If you curse a lot, you have to. Oh, um, not safe. There's, there's like a rating or something. You have to introduce yourself around the neighborhood or something. No, no, no. no. There's like okay. a rating that you have, and so I had NC-17. an idea. NC seventeen. I so I had an idea that for each episode, right? We just write at the top of the episode after we record the yeah. whole show. We could count how many times I, you know, I said fuck. Right. And then which we, is already like four. And then we could go back. And we're early. Jeez, you look good in that habit. Thank and you. then we could go back yeah. and um, at the, and put in the beginning, like say, you know, please be aware. Please as welcome you begin. to a seven fuck episode of Nobody Listens that's to Paula That's exactly right. That's yeah, a good that's idea. A, that's not a bad because idea. Because some parents have written to us and complained. It's that not they, just parents. Some fans have written to us and said, you know, Paula, I listened to you on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me all the time. I never knew. We could lose the potty mouth on this podcast. You don't have to prove anything. But it's not. And what I want to say to them is that when they're hearing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which you and I are both on, you curse all the time. Yeah. They cut it out on NPR. Yeah. See, here's the thing about me. I like to use all the words that I know. And that's 17. (laughs) Well, it's limited. Yeah. I have about, you know how they always say like Trump talks like a fifth grader? Yes. I'm like, oh, uh, wow. Because I understand him. Um, my, <laughs> I don't have the most developed. What's a, uh, You've got a perfectly good vocabulary. Voca- I don't have the most. Yeah, yeah. When you can't think of the word vocabulary, then likely you have a problem in that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is really upsetting me that my balloon uh, has a hole in it. it. It really doesn't matter because you can't do balloon animals. That's I mean, not true. Here's the thing that I, that I kind of wish you would do is come yeah. in one week and surprise me with that you've taken the time to learn how to make a little bit of a balloon animal. Okay, you you're tying that pretzelized balloon that you made to a party balloon. Right. Exactly. That. And what's that? That. That is a botanist who just ruined a sample. Do you see it? No, that's a balloon tied to a balloon tied in a knot. <laughs> and I don't think you tied it well. Can I hold that for a second? Yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah, you did tie that pretty I well. I am available for birthday parties. Oh, Let me just say that. If you don't like your kids... Call Paula Pelson. <laughs> anyway, Andrew Danjo White um, also added a PS to his note. I've been meaning to let you know that Thomas Coyne is not in the bread aisle at the Kennebunkport Hannaford. Wow, that is so great. And that's another kind of running thing in our show is that Thomas Coyne was going it was a survivalist, or is a survivalist, we really don't know, who was going to be on the fourth episode of this show. He was going to come on the air and talk to us about how to survive a bear attack and how to distinguish between a brown bear and a black bear. <laughs> And what you're supposed to do, and he never made it. And given this isn't the best neighborhood, and we suspect the worst, fear the worst for Thomas Coyne. He's never gotten back in touch with us. So we've asked listeners to, um, and I question this method of searching. We ask listeners to let us know where he isn't. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is what you call a manhunt. This is a dragnet across really the entire globe. Some of the places that people have. Uh, uh, we have an interactive map. Yes, our on producer Facebook. Tony Anita Hall has set up an interactive map on Facebook, and users are just busily marking all the points on the world map where Thomas Coyne isn't. You know, I am going to ask that people make sure they look twice because we want this to be a thorough search. Um, I can't see that this could ever work, but go he, ahead. Apparently, he's not in Okinawa, Japan. Right. And I Nobody would just, looked in the whole city. I would just ask. 
I'm sure they did, Adam, or they wouldn't have put it on the map. Well, I, I think, listeners, you should be more specific as to where you looked. This person Like, Paula looked, looked in into Ringding Isle at, at the Heartland Grocery in Massachusetts? No, I think it was the... BJ's, BJ's in in, uh, in uh, Gloucester, Mass, okay. maybe. But this person looked through. We have no reason to believe that they didn't look through all of Okinawa, Japan. We do. I just. We really do. <laughs> That's I, a big city. I just suggest um, that they double check. That's all. Yeah. Uh, or he's, check. He's not on Magnetic Island in Australia. I love that we have a listener who checked Magnetic Island in Australia. That's kind of wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's it's small. Um, it actually fits on the refrigerator. Uh, uh, Addis Abba, Ethiopia. That's somebody not true about li- the, Yeah. Uh, is- and so, yeah, somebody checked Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. Is it Addis Ababa? It's what it says on this piece of paper. Oh, I, lift, I left out one of the A's. Okay. I said Addis Abba. Right, uh, no. Okay, so... No. so. That's, that, that's, a, that's a washed-up Swedish rock group asking to be included on a social media venture. What's that, what's that movie that I hate? What's the movie that I hate? Um, wow, you Abba? hate every movie I've no, ever watched with you. Oh, yeah. Mamma he's Mia. Not, he's, not, he's not in the movie Mamma Mia. That's Ad, not that's even what on I... our list. <laughs> but we, I think we know that to be true. Thomas Coyne's survivalist is not in Mamma Mia. Wait, wait look at this. In Bangkok, Thailand, you're going to like this because it's more specific. Raman, Ramaninat Park. He's not at he's Ramaninat, not Ramaninat Park. Park in Bangkok. I like that, yeah. yeah. He's not at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And he's also not at the Royal Cunha, Hawaii's Walmart baby food aisle. The Royal Cunha? That's what it says. Huh. Look, we've got a bunch of... So keep it coming. I don't think this search is likely to turn up Thomas Coyne. I'm going to be honest with everybody out there. Oh, no, I, I, I feel like is. your it's method a, of searching... No, this is, is a manhunt. Here's is a problem. A, this is where... Can I just present one of many logical problems? If you see something, say something. Right, but these are people seeing nothing and saying something. <laughs> right? This is <laughs> so, and that therein is, lies the problem. Yeah, because because I could look all over this room right now and not see Thomas Coyne. Tony, and if I go to Tony Anita Hall's freaking map, I could I could mark every corner of this room. Although I couldn't really, because like all our listeners, I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> Nor do you. What, no, but you were so sure like? he wasn't in the ring ding aisle. He could look like a box of ring dings, and then you'd be yeah, wrong, no, Paul. About I don't him. think he's that kind of survivalist. I don't think he's a guy that he's not a he's not a chameleon for heaven's sake. Yeah, he can't he hide like, like you know a, what he looks like. I know what he looks like. What survivalist? He's got a long beard. He does not have a beard. He does. He's got a long beard. Tony Anita Hall. Does Thomas Coyne have a long beard? He does not. He does not. That you know of. We, he's. <laughs> Tony, he's been on the lamb for so long. I'm sure he's had facial growth. He's got a long beard, and he's eating grubs because he's a survivalist. He's eating grubs. You know, a- if he'd made it onto this show, you'd know how wrong you were about survivalists. But because he didn't, you don't. No, he's eating grubs. In fact, for Thanksgiving, uh, him or grubs giving, as him, they say in the survivalist him, community. Him and his family pulled up around a table of grubs. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> they eat like. The Are you just taking Matata. advantage of the fact that I have a cold and I'm not as fast as I usually am? Oh, you're very you just fast. Run uh, roughshod yeah. over me. Um, um, here's something that also came to our attention. Yeah, it appears in an alternative mailbag of our times, uh, known as Wikipedia. A listener altered one of the lines in mine, Adam Felber's Wikipedia page, to read. In July of 2018, he began co-hosting a podcast with comedian Paula Poundstone called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, in which he appears on every show. That's accurate. Yeah, but as we've been saying week after week, 
I don't want that to be my claim to fame. I feel like when the listeners make theme songs and stuff and call you a genius and they mention that I'm on every show, yeah, you that are, you're always on every feels show. a little insulting. Oh, does it? And now it's on my Wikipedia page. Yeah. Well, maybe they want to add that you're very sick and that you've begun to spread it. Oh, please don't add. Uh, hopefully I'll be better or dead by the time yeah. this episode no, I airs. Don't, you, don't, you seem worse, honestly, in the really? few minutes that, that I've been with ago? you. You seem like you're really... Am I taking a turn for the worst? Heading downhill. All right, then Do you put, want then... me to take your pulse? <laughs> yeah, take my pulse, Paula. Uh, you don't know how to take a pulse. Of course I do. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking your pulse right now. You're not looking at anything. You don't have to look at anything. To take a pulse? <laughs> You don't look at anything to take a pulse. You do. You have to look at a timepiece of some sort. No, I play the drums. I can't stay. <laughs> yeah, I can tell that you're getting worse. Okay, I, I, I don't think I am. <laughs> Adam says that he knows that he's not sick because his kids were on vacation with him and they didn't get sick. I did not say that. That's exactly what I you said, said. I said that I think I'm not contagious. Because oh. my kids oh, were all over me. me for while I was sick for an entire I 10 days. I want to admit that I made a mistake right then. What? This is, this is something you might want to pay attention to. Anybody who's editing Paula's Wikipedia page, you might want to mark the date. It was No, I okay. often make mistakes, and I'm able to accept that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I made a mistake right then. You did not say that you weren't sick. You did say that you weren't contagious. I thought that it might not be contagious, yeah. mistake. Well, you know what happened is I've begun to get what you have. You haven't. It's really messing with my head. No, so. it isn't. Yeah. It's been a, just a few I want, I, Maybe I should take another Allegra pill so I can be in the moment. Okay, maybe we should both take I want to get back to the moment. Allegra. Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, and the sixth one has started a podcast. If that's you, (laughs) make 2024 the year you finally checked Learn a Language off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Sí, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. 
If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points, and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, um... Speaking of uh, doing a podcast in which I appear every week, 
uh, and we interview guests. We do do that, Paula, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do interview guests. So I'm going to slowly and subtly segue us towards the guest. That's a great idea. Okay, now yeah, before um, you kill them with your germs. Well, that'll be unfortunate, but then there'll be an opening at KTLA. Um, look, Paula, you and I met during a news quiz show, right? Yep. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Yep. yep. It's still on NPR, I'm told, and we still do it from time to time. And, and one of the reasons we're both on that show is because we're both news junkies. Now, as I said, this is the Career Corner special. Rather than doing this just one for one guest, both guests this show are going to be advising you as to whether you could have a career other than comedy. I would love to be in the news business. Right, and you'd like to be out of the comedy business, not because you don't like doing comedy. I love doing comedy, but I cannot stand self-promotion. I hate saying, I'm going to be in blah, blah, blah on December 5th. Right, Won't and a you newscaster never has to say that. No, they never have to say that. Because they're just going to say, I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah. all they have to do. Yeah. They have to say, something god-awful has just happened. Stay tuned. That's all they have to say. Right. They don't have to say whether they're going to tell about it well. Wow. Yeah, I guess that, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I know. So, so we're going to find out in our career corner today whether you have the skills to be a newscaster or a window washer. And, uh, and and thus leave your comedy career behind and find it to greener pastures. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, then. We're thrilled to have a real newsman with us today. He's an Emmy Award-winning reporter. He's been a national correspondent for CNN. Among many assignments, he has reported from the White House and covered Operation Iraqi Freedom from an aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. He is the anchor of Los Angeles' highest-rated morning news program, KTLA 5 Morning News, and hosts the Frank Buckley Interviews TV show and podcast. Please welcome Frank... Buckley! Thank you very much. Thanks, Frank. No, we Welcome. just sort of, I forgot to warn you of this ahead of time. We just sort of pretended you weren't there in the beginning. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was that awkward? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, not not at all. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to speak can, or not. You so can speak I, whenever you want, right. but uh, I, we, you know, we forgot. I was to, trying to save my voice, though, because I don't feel so well since, yeah. since well, getting here. This is yeah. bullshit. I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, even if I'm giving you guys yeah. both the croup or something. But Adam, I get it Adam honestly, when you are sick and someone is introduced to you, yeah. you don't say, sh- out your hand, shake their hand, and then and then say, "I'm sick." Yeah, right. But that's what you did. No, what I did is I shook your hand, and then Bonnie, Bonnie, our producer, right. yelled, "He's sick!" <laughs> <laughs> so you're thank right, you. well, Bonnie. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, Adam Someone wasn't even going to reveal it at all. all right. He was just going to pretend that he always sounds like Lauren Bacall. I do sound like like Bacall tonight, don't I? <laughs> It's a real nice. You do. You have voice. kind of a brandy voice. Well, let's get thing back to, to whether Paula could be a newscaster. Yes, oh, you're right. a newscaster. I am. And I would like to say that, um, t- to my knowledge, everything that Paula knows about newscasting comes from either All the President's Men or Broadcast News. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to deal with that at some point. <laughs> okay. Was did you see Broadcast News? Of Frank? course I did. Yeah. And yeah. how accurate is it? I think it's you know it captures the spirit of of TV news and the and the people trying to do their best to present stories and the the naked ambition that some people have and mm-hmm. there were scenes in it that that I lived um, you know the the scene where the young woman runs through the station with the tape oh yeah the opening it, scene yeah, yeah and yeah. slides I mean, underneath yeah. the and, open yeah. uh, and, and, uh, drawer and, you know right before that the editor and the producer you know Holly Hunter screaming Bobby 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 and, <laughs> you know that's that that happened I've lived that many times yeah um, even though your the, name is Frank right exactly people kept saying why are you <laughs> calling yeah. me yeah. Bobby did you did you um, turn to Holly Hunter and say it's yeah. Frank for right. heaven's sakes if you'd asked right. me once God I would have done it right. 
Bobby. Um, I forgot all about Bobby, yeah. Bobby, Bobby. So, do you tuck your jacket under your butt when you I, I should. keep it tight? I, I forget to do it. it oh, yeah. You know, it, and then, but it's a real thing. It is a real thing. Okay, they do important. tell you tuck because if, if you sit there and, but you know, I, I do four hours a day. And so I can't constantly be tucking my my coat in so i just i don't do it you know all this talk lately of fake news yeah. right yeah. uh i mean i think that's just a thing that trump says because it's news that he doesn't like but on the other hand news does now sometimes have a editorial bent to it it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's not true yeah. but it te- right in the old days they didn't tell it that way yeah um, I, th- I think what's happened is that there are so many sources of news today and right. And it, it's such a business, and it's competitive. And, and I think specifically, when it comes to cable news, there is a point of view. When I was at CNN, we, we tried to be down the middle. And I, and I think that CNN still tries to be down the middle. In its news department. In its news department. Right. I, I think there are presenters, you know, personalities who are much more provocative. Yes. Um, I think Fox News clearly has a, a point of view that's to the right. Some of the folks on MS have... A, point of view that's to the left. No. And and, and I think that <laughs> but there but there are people who are trying to to stay down the middle. Right. Um, but you know it's it's not like that just started. I mean if you look at in England, you know, all the newspapers, when you pick up the Guardian, you know that the Guardian has a point of view. Yeah, they're all the, slanted. Right. The sun is conservative. The you know the it's in in some ways the the readers there know what they're getting. Uh-huh. So they, they, they know the point of view of that news source. Whereas we all come from a background of Uncle Walter Cronkite and the yeah. voice of God, and we want to believe that what the newscaster is saying is absolutely true. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I hope that what we're saying is true. I mean, we try very hard to make sure that it is. And um, how do you do that? Now, in All the President's Men, yeah. um, which was a story... I told uh, you this was going to come up. Yeah. About, about I, loved all the, I, I, loved, I loved All the President's Men. It's a great, great movie. movie. Yeah. And it's about the Washington Post covering uh, the Watergate story. Right. And um, they had a thing where they had to have three corroborating, uh, what do you call it? I don't Source, know, sources. sources. Yeah. Uh, and they were waiting to get the third one, and yeah. it was Deep Throat, but he wouldn't give his name, and Woodstein! Gosh, I love that movie. But um, So, <laughs> it, do you guys do that? Is that a rule? Is that a law? Is that a thing that you're taught, or just a thing they did at the Washington Post? No, I, I think that when it comes to Stories, uh, investigative stories, yeah, like you know, much of Water Watergate was investigative in nature. Um, there is an attempt to have multiple sources, but there are times when you rely on one source, and yeah. and that one source is someone that you trust or that you have a relationship with or you who has has been truthful in the past, and you have to you know present that person, frame that person properly in the story if they're speaking to you anonymously. Uh-huh. Um, then you as, say an anonymous source? Well, or you, you try to describe that person as precisely as possible without giving away that person's... I was going to say, I mean, how if they're an anonymous source and you say they have curly hair and they... they <laughs> right. Well, you yeah, shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't yeah, go yeah. through the curly hair. Right, you shouldn't thing. say yeah. curly hair yeah. and, and, yeah. and it's not yeah. Paula Poundstone, and but it's three f- ball of Poundstone. Just down, mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rhymes yeah. with... Yeah, right. Yeah. Never rhymes with on another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like you're getting the, the gist of this. Yeah. You want to try a newscast? <laughs> like, why don't you report on the scene here at, at Ray Horseman Studios? Well, it's an epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the uh, Ray Horseman Studios evening news on uh, live from uh, yeah. Miranda Street. Yeah. Here's your anchor with tonight's stories, Paula Poundstone. Paula? Yeah. We have breaking news right off the bat tonight. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have a... Uh, 
We have a virus working its way through Ray Horseman Studios. We don't know it's a virus. It's a virus. It could be a bacteriological infection. No, my father was an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. I stand corrected. I I, I know it's contagious because my kids aren't with me. Uh, You you use a lot of weird uh, logic. Uh, um, Wait, but there was something else. You were in the middle of a news report. Let's get back to it. Sorry. Oh, gosh, you know, I wouldn't be good at newscasting because I have a tendency to get derailed really easily. Is that is not getting derailed sort of a thing that you need to do? Yeah, I do mean, you ever I sort of drift off in the middle of a urgent report, you know, like there's a there's a bank robbery over on uh, 22nd and Spring Street. And then you're like, what a nice hat. I tend to, you I know, I have a hard time. It's, it's interesting. Focused. I haven't done that. But there are moments when you are, I don't want to say on autopilot, but, you know, you your one's mind does drift, okay. you know? So you're you're looking at something and you're, you know, you're... And you're not paying attention to the urgent breaking news? <laughs> right. Well, you're paying attention, but you're also, you know, another part Thinking of your brain is working. Plus, you have a thing in your ear, right? Yeah. Don't you have a producer telling you, like, what to do? Yeah, the produ- so the, the thing in the ear, the, typically what happens, so the producer isn't talking to you constantly. Yeah. It's, it's usually a, um, you know, we'll be in the middle of one story and they'll say... Um, Hey, there. Uh, Sky Five is over. You know, a fire that's uh, that's just started at such and such. Um, go to Marcona, and so in the you know you're in the middle of the story. You finish what you're talking about, and then then you go to to the. Hey, producer, we're going to go to Marcona. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Who's at a fire? Yeah. Which and can't then, wait. Right. Is there ever a day where there is no urgent story, and so you have to cut away from a a, a report on a school play? Uh, to go to a pumpkin festival in Oxnard. You know, we, we haven't done that. I mean, in in L.A., there are there are always There's a lot of stories yeah. to tell. Yeah. Um, you know, it it depends on the definition of urgent. You know, there are some days that are slower than others. Yeah. Let me phrase this in a way that might yeah. be more relevant to the way Paula might do the news. Okay. Are there days when you're just kind of bored with the stories, and so you just Instead, tell a story from your own life recently? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't say no, that. No, that, that doesn't happen? That hasn't happened. So if you were to no. do that, would that make you a good newscaster <laughs> or a bad newscaster? Do you ever say, there's a right. bank robbery over at 22nd and Spring Street, and boy, yeah. my kids keeping asking me for money. <laughs> yeah. How would that, how would that yeah, play? That's, no, that's not, not how we do it. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Do you All think right. that might alert the producer there in your ear? <laughs> it might. <laughs> yeah. The producer yeah. might wonder yeah. what's going yeah. on. Well, now, why are we talking about the mold in your kitchen, Paula? Yes. Now, one thing I've always wondered about, and of course with the recent uh, flooding in Florida and all, we saw a lot of this, which is where the weather man stands out in the rain. Yeah. Have you ever done that? I have. Yeah. You stood out in the weather. And, I, I ha- when and I was, did you when feel I was... the lack of necessity of that? You know, here, here's the thing. You, um, you, we put people out in the rain because it's raining and you want to show what's happening. I mean, you can cover things, you know, from the, the comfort of a, of a newsroom or a, a hotel room. And I just that, say, that and show, I just say yeah. put the camera out the window. I personally... Don't trust getting the news from someone not smart enough to yeah. come in out of the rain. Right. But the other thing is, you know, we have had historic drought uh, here in the Southland for for quite a while. Yeah. And I've never seen 
a news guy out, go yeah. out in the desert and go, my God, it's hot out here. Because <laughs> one of the things they like to do is back at the studio, they go, stay safe to the right. guy in the right with the, they stand him in the windiest place and then they go, man, stay safe out there. Stay safe. Okay. You never see the person in the desert and they're like, look at these sweat stains. And like, you know, hey man, remember to hydrate. Drink some water while you're out there. So it does seem a little grandstanding. Yeah, well, yes yes and no. Here's what I would say. I think there, it you can go too far there are we've all seen the guy hanging on a pole with his feet you know flying right, in the air yeah. and then you look behind him and two people walk and they're looking you know in shorts right, yeah, they're looking exactly. at the guy what, what are you doing yeah. yeah um and i think those people are are not doing their jobs appropriately and properly but to get into the field and to show people that's what we do in tv here's it's raining it the, the there was wind you know their houses being blown apart that requires yeah. crews and human beings to go out there and shoot that. They're, I think they're you're risking adulting her question too much. Well, no, I, I want you know, I want it's called no, the news, right? Well, I want to so explain. No, there's no yeah. weather outside. You don't send somebody outside to go like there's nothing happening out yeah. here. And so, if I, there's a weather event happening, then you'd send somebody outside. I think. Adam, thank you. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to back you up there because you were <laughs> right. being super, super polite about right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, you know, know I, I have covered hurricanes. I want you to know, Frank, that when you get what Adam has, I will donate blood for you. <laughs> wow. I just the want to say that. back and forth, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. You might want to cover this outbreak on KTLA. Um, it's what, is it an outbreak? I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Would you call it an outbreak, Frank? I think uh, if was, one guy has a cough, I, I need an a, outbreak. I'll need another source to confirm that. Yeah. But well, it, Paula it thinks might she's getting be, sick already. So right, yeah. right. It um, might be an outbreak. All right. Now, what was your trajectory? What did you start? Did you start out, like, were you, did you do the- Did you the, start in stand-up comedy? How much time do you have? So I, Did so, you do the news station at your high school? I, so I was 17 years old. I played on the high school football team and um, our local radio station, they were going to do- High school football. They had a play-by-play announcer hired, and they called my principal at the school and said, you know, we'd love to have a student do the, the color commentary. Color commentary. What, right, what to town be, was this? Uh, 29 Palms, out in the desert. And so, How's the weather out there? <laughs> very hot. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did a lot of drought stories. <laughs> this just in. Uh, we tell people to hydrate. Breaking and news. so, um, And so they, they called the principal, and they said, you know, we'd love a kid who can, you know, string a sentence together, and maybe, you know, he used to play football, or maybe he's on the team and he doesn't play very much and you know my principal said i know just the guy that was me i was not very good but i i You're tried on the bench i tried a lot? i tried very hard did they have like did they bring on now we're gonna bring on benched frank right exactly it's junk time here's here's frank here from the bench it's right frank. right they were never worried that you were gonna be called away from your color commentary duties to play the game <laughs> no exactly okay There's so you know so risk of that happening right right every now and then they'd stop and go is frank still not in frank is still not in ladies and gentlemen so i started doing that my senior year then i became a disc jockey and i would you know work till midnight every night i was the only person in the station and i would say this concludes another broadcast day at kesq 29 palms good night walk into the transmitter room and press a red button and the station would go and See, i it. would be good at that i'll tell yeah. you why yeah. because i could go this is the end of our broadcasting day <laughs> yeah right? That's right you'd be good at that yeah, the yeah. no that's a gift no, right hitting there. the red right. button is more important than making that noise all night right. no, did you make that all long if i had to yes all right. Well, fortunately, we're not testing your ability to be a, 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 a test signal. We're, te- we're we're discussing your ability to be an anchor. Yeah. All right. All right. So what I did. This, so so okay. I did that. I wrote for the L.A. Times, the Detroit News. I spent the summer in Detroit. CBS Network News, KNX News Radio, and I tried to learn as much as I could about the the business and and about the craft that I was you know trying to undertake. 
Uh, and then I got my first job in Palm Springs as a morning anchor and, and reporter. And then I went to... Every morning it began with, it's hot again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not, because that's not news. Nah, yeah. It's me, Benched Frank. It's hot again. <laughs> benched Frank is a great name. Thanks a lot. Benched Frank here with you again in Palm Frank Springs. forever. There are oh no my. springs, and Jesus, it's hot. <laughs> okay, here's one that Paul... I, I hear from the list, because Paul's not going to look at this list. Here's one Paul's always been interested in. Um, when you're thrown into another t- reporter, yes, you, they, they always chuckle, right, Paula? Yeah, they do. You ever notice that? You know, the chuckle, the news chuckle, like, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how sad the story you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, l- little girl lost her kitten right that day. Ha, ha. And now, <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's true, but I see, I see it occasionally, and and I think that that's people who who aren't doing it well. I mean, you know, what I try to do is be present and, yeah. and, and, and be authentic to the moment. And, you know, yes, there, there are moments when we laugh because as you do right now, you laugh in life and right. there are moments when you're not so happy and, and, and you're, you're telling a horrible story and you try to be appropriate to that moment. But so there's ha- not a scripted like pass off. There's not like a oh scripted God, no. like bad joke. No. Oh, no, it no, often no. seems that way yeah. on the news. Like there's a, some sort of scripted like. You know, I know what and, you're saying. I I feel like it is forced at times. Right. And, yeah. and that's because when it's you're not transitioning from one two disparate things one right. to another. And and I think that's when it's not being done well. Right. Uh, I mean, I think it's when it's being done well. It doesn't feel forced, and it doesn't feel like a <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> right. It feels like hey, you know, we're having a uh, you know, a laugh because sure. because we do. Now, okay, now, so let, well, can, like, how would yes. you? I'm sorry, Paul, but how would you segue? Let's say you've just finished a report about a nuclear meltdown, okay, and now you have to throw to a human interest story about a woman who's trained her squirrel to rollerblade, right? How would you work that transition? Um, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Enjoyed um, that. I got that nuclear meltdown <laughs> well, that, story. That's a, that's a shame about that nuclear meltdown. <laughs> uh, let's move on to this other story. No, honestly, it's completely unfair, um, and I'm not quite sure how. I, I'm ho- hopefully I wouldn't be in that position, but but we are in positions where we right. have to take what the producers will say. This is a hard turn coming up. Okay. Oh, is that what and, they say? Yeah, it's, it's a hard, hard turn? turn. It's a hard turn. Oh, I got to write that and so, down. Right. So there's occasionally a hard turn where we are. You know, in the chuckle hut, talking about whatever you know, mm-hmm. something that's amusing, and we're we're about to turn to something that isn't so amusing. It's it's a hard turn, and so they'll often. That's one of the things they will say to in our ear. Just to, if be aware we, if this we aren't be a right, you know. Okay. So and, and and I literally just take a breath and then just move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as you do in life. I suspect you at one moment will be having a conversation with a friend about something horrible. And then the next minute, you'll be making a joke with your friend. Yes? Do you guys do that? That or, happens in my life a lot. Right? I, I yeah. don't think Paula uh, wants to answer this question. Right. No, I, I like to just remain on one emotional level throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, that's you all right. Yeah. That is something right. that okay. I ask. Even Keel Poundstone, they <laughs> right. call you. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 benched Frank yeah, isn't benched like that. Frank, let me ask uh, this. Frank something. doesn't roll that way. Right. Um, now, Benched Frank, you, you're in the, uh, I, I you're I in the studio. I anchor in the studio, yeah. And is it all written for you? Do you have anything to do with the writing? So the, there, there are writers who come in in the middle of the night and, and write our script. Um, I have, if you watch our program, I have, I have a laptop and an iPad in front of me, so I'm constantly rewriting. And gaming. Um, <laughs> gaming. Um, but I try to put things in my own words, and, and also by sort of going through the scripts in advance, 
you know, I find holes or I, you know, have a question about something and, and I will make sure that question gets filled in, uh-huh. answered. Uh-huh. Like, how do they get those rollerblades on a squirrel? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no, that's not exactly what he said he doesn't do. You said you didn't do that, but That's I a hard turn, Paul. Oh, was that a hard turn? Yeah. Very hard yeah. turn, right there. Yeah. Very hard turn. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so one more thing. If Paula is going to become an anchor, take your job. What's some advice that you could give her, the best piece of advice you can give her? Um, gosh, the best piece of advice. You know, just to, to try to be uh, authentic and, and, to, and to tell stories accurately. and, and Accurately. And be fair. So and, like if she was reporting on somebody who only knew how to inflate balloons... She wouldn't report a story about this is a master of balloon animalology. No, I never would. Never would. No. Never would do that. Okay. You she, saw the she balloon would, animal friend. Right. It was, it was fantastic, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Honestly. You, now, I don't now, know. now I'm right. doubting right. what kind of newscaster you, you are. <laughs> Adam, you, I, I don't Frank. know what you're talking about. Uh, you I know can what? take a picture of it. <laughs> hold, hold on a minute, Frank. I'm getting you my spleen, and that should help you recover. <laughs> from whatever Adam has. Uh, um, it's almost like you're using my sickness as a way to dig at me whenever I say something unkind to you. That's not true. 
It's happened like four times in a row <laughs> during this interview. No. And if I were that feverish, mm. I might think that too. You see, you just did it again. That was it right there. You, th- that, that was you that. Are, you are just out of your mm. mind feverish right now. All right. Um, all right, wait. Mama, I'm coming. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, thank you, Frank Buckley, for telling us that's the way it is. Paula, well, you've heard what Frank has to say. Um, what have you learned about being a TV anchor person? And do you think you've got what it takes? Hey, Ryan, could I have a little, uh, you know, working music? Thank you, house band. The key to being a good news anchor is to be in the moment and authentic. When you switch topics, like from the South Pasadena high production of Annie to a bridge collapse, it's called a hard turn. You can't start a news story and drift into another topic. Now, that's going to be hard for me because I like to relate to stories. I was sick like Adam once. I had the swine flu. People ask me all the time, how did I know it was the swine flu? And I tell them because I woke up in a frying pan with two eggs beside me. (laughs) So, given that, Paula, where are you going to be next? On New Year's Eve, I'll be at the Norse in San Francisco, Adam. Frank Buckley is the Emmy Award winning co-anchor of the KTLA Morning News. Frank, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for the cold. (laughs) The cat of the week is Callie from Jasper, Alabama. Wow, Paula, we're back. Now, um, so you're 50-50 on being a news anchor, I I take it, but... We haven't given up on finding you a new career today. Oh, thank goodness. No, because, because uh, there was another one that you were wondering about, and I thought, what, what could I do to, to help make that happen? And Paula, tonight I've made your dream come true. You're going to find out whether you could be a high-rise window washer. I was briefly a window washer as part of a job that I did. Oh, you were? I did. I used to do a big storefront window Uh with the very long stick with the squeegee on the end. Okay, so you were using the long stick. I was using the long stick. So you weren't scaling any heights? No. No. Because that's what you'd have to do to be a window washer, as we're about to learn. Oh. So do we already have an answer to this career corner? No, I don't think so. All right, then with that in mind, let's go to the second part of Career Corner. All right, wow. You know, thank God that music is not copywritten, because that is a, <laughs> it's a perfect tune for this. So, here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the dangerous world of high-rise window washing, it's the president and founder of HSG Waterproofing Restoration and Window Cleaning, Hector Garcia. Let's have a big career corner welcome for Hector. Well, hey, Hector. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. So, Hector, given what you just heard from Paula about her experience thus far, just first blush opinion, does she have the stuff to be a window washer? I'm not sure yet. Okay, you're not sure yet. That's good. You know, Hector, when I did the job with the long stick, and it wasn't the kind where I was up on the pulley thing. You weren't on the pulley thing. I wasn't on the pulley thing, but I did the kind with the long stick, and you had to tilt your head way back to see where the stick was going, and then stay balanced underneath it. My neck still hurts from that job. (laughs) Is it like that for you? Is it hard on your neck? Well, that's when when I first started. Yes, it was really hard on your shoulders, your hands, everything. It takes a lot of balance. How did you first get into the job? Completely by accident. I was actually... Nobody washes windows accidentally, <laughs> Hector. <laughs> well, you had, well, 
I got into the business by accident. Oh, okay. I thought uh, you were falling and you happened to have a cloth in right. your hand. And while you reached out trying to grab for right. safety, you washed a window. No. Well, actually, I was working in a hospital and I met this older gentleman that had a small window cleaning business. He was a one-man show. He used to walk the West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, washing ground floor windows. So I ended up buying his little company and I just snowballed it. So, he so you was, literally started on the ground floor. Correct. Yes. <laughs> but now you wash yeah. high up. Yes. We, uh, after the business has kind of kept on growing and growing and building. growing. Yeah. Building up. And so, uh, I'm going to keep so this going. Sec- oh no, it's all right. <laughs> so the second year I got into high rise and, um, what was that like for you? Were you scared of heights before you, you know, did that? I'm still scared of heights. What? <laughs> Yeah, my first high oh, rise. I recognize you. Yeah, I was. You're the guy who cries up on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, you're the screaming, crying window washer. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. No, so, so, not, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just. Why would you get into high window washing if you're scared of heights? Money. This is clearly the first time you've ever thought about it. This is a reflective program for yeah. sure. Definitely, we're all. I really... think Frank Buckley may be thinking of getting out of the business after talking to well, us. Well, after catching that disease, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he can't. He can't work with what I have. He's starting really? to think about doing a job where his jacket doesn't have to be held down. Uh, okay, so you're acrophobic, and yet you. You pull yourself up on that platform and go well, wash high windows. What's we, it called, by the way? The thing. So the platforms are called a swing stage. They're called a swing stage. Swing stage. Oh, okay. Jeez. That's. I like that. That sounds like theater folk talk. <laughs> and at, as you're going over the side of a building, you have to kind of imagine the dynamics because you're sitting on this platform that's hanging off of two cables. Right. So not only are you going side to side and back and forth. But the weight of the platform is making the the anchors bounce, so you're just moving around. Wow! As you're working on the building, yeah, that are you horrible. scared of heights? No, I'm not scared of heights. But you'd be scared of that. Well, I used to skydive. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once, I, twice, several times. Uh, twelve. Oh, twelve oh. jumps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I. I was scared, but I did anyways. Right. Yeah. So you think you could do this? I don't think it's the fear of heights that would stop me necessarily. So, but you were your first time. You were scared, and you still are. Oh Is that yes, what you said? yes. Oh, basically, I was using rock climbing equipment when going over an eighteen-story building. Eighteen stories. Yes. And, and who are you working with? Somebody who'd done it before, or no? Yes. He, okay. Well, someone who went rock climbing was familiar with rock climbing. He showed me how to use the rock climbing equipment. So there we are hanging off the building and we have one bucket in one hand and a squeegee other hand and is it, it was madness. Is it supposed to be done with no, rock again, climbing this is, equipment? This is a long time ago. Yeah. Long, long time back ago. When there, back when rocks were clean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, when there was rock cleaning companies out there that that's, segued into the building. But that's how I got into the business. Once we started using the platform, things got a lot, e- lot easier. Okay, great. Um, I don't see how that makes it easier. Well, on a platform, you have your buckets on the platform. You're not carrying them. Oh, so when you were doing it with rock climbing equipment. You were holding your own equipment. Oh, I see. When you Uh got dedicated window washing equipment, it got a lot easier. Yes. Yes. Well, that strikes me as something you should have done right from the start, Hector. Why on earth were you doing it with rock climbing equipment? I'm a little slow. Yeah, so I guess. It's like it's just <laughs> well, you live wow. through it, so that's good. Now, is there a special temperament you need? We often hear about various jobs have various temperaments. Is there, is there a temperament you need to be a window washer? Actually, you have to kind of, it's a combination of being calm and efficient. Okay. 
because oh. you don't want to rush rigging the platform. You know, because right. you know, no, any, you don't want to any, rush rigging the platform. No, <laughs> right. because that could be big trouble. Yeah, and so and you need the temperament, the the calm temperament, because when you're washing a window, right, you basically you you soap it up with a wand, right, you sque- squeegee off the water, but you want to squeegee off the glass without leaving streaks. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. if you're not paying attention, you'll leave all these streaks, right. and your client will get mad and send you back up to redo it. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, so you or, can't just in the, middle of, ropes. in the middle of squeegeeing a window, you can't just go like, you know what this reminds me of? My daughter one. <laughs> Yeah, you mean you can't just drift you into can't another just drift story? To another story, yeah. Um, I, uh, I think you could. Um, <laughs> no, he just said you couldn't. Hector, when I wash a window like at home, like if I do like my the back door, for example, where the dog always slobbers, you know, I'll wash and then it doesn't look right to me. And then I go on the outside and I wash. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's on the inside. And I go back in. I mean, when you're washing a window and you're way up on 18th floor and the wind is blowing the thingy and it's bouncing. And how do you know if, the, if a smudge you're seeing is on the outside or the inside? Believe it or not, you just, over time, you get to know it. That's it all. Has to do with the way really? It shines, right? <laughs> yes, it shines. But also, you see the, the inside of commercial high rises sometimes have a smoky effect, and you could see it from the outside, and you could tell it's the dirt is on the inside. Oh, right. so I you'll, see. You'll, you'll, so you'll it's not the, the same as my back door windows. Exactly, exactly. I pictured you climbing off the swing stage, opening the window, going inside, shutting the window, looking, maybe wiping it off, and then going back outside. You I think that's exactly what he's not doing. Yes, yeah, that's you don't exactly, do that. No, no. no. Um, okay. Most high-rises today, the windows are... Are in place. Are sealed. Are oh, sealed. you can't get in? You cannot get in. But you can in. see so it, right? We're going to get to that in a minute. With your rigging, it, it, you couldn't climb in a window to save yourself? Well, that's the last resort. The The equipment is very safe. It is scary. It's mind-boggling. But if you think about, you know, people go up and down elevators all the time. Yeah. Right. But you just don't see the cables holding you up. Oh, I right. see. So it's but like an elevator? Yeah. So. An elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's why, you know, there's all sorts of safety devices and and um, secondary systems. Like right. what kind of safety devices and secondary systems? Okay. So basically the platform themselves have a five to one safety factor, meaning that the platform weighs about 2,000 pounds. So everything holding it can sustain 10,000 pounds. Nice. And oh, wow. On top of that. So you, it doesn't matter if you gain a little weight at the yeah, snack yeah. bar. You can bring yeah. any lunch up there with you. <laughs> any lunch. <laughs> you could have the mega stuff Oreos and still yeah, feel yeah. comfortable climbing yeah. on the uh, platform. On the so swing, that's, that, that's, swing that's good. Stick. And then you, the secondary system is the independent safety lines. So all the workers have a five-point harness. Oh, wow. That goes over each shoulder, the thighs, and around your waist. Right. And the safety hook is between the shoulder blades. So should anything happen, should the platform go vertical or fall, you'll just hang there like a puppy uh-huh. until <laughs> somebody lowers you. Someone hang there like yeah, a puppy. lowers you or breaks a window and lets you wait, in that Wait one. a minute. You, do you have a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> nobody I did, no, nobody <laughs> hangs <laughs> their puppy. When you lift a puppy up. I know what it is. When you lift a puppy up and you get, you get your, your thumbs hooked under his little paws... Under under his armpits and when they a, hang there. They hang there. <laughs> Is that what well, you're talking when about? A, well, no. Well, basically, when the are you hanging the puppies? dog 
picks up the puppy by the scruff of the neck. Oh, I see. Oh, I, see. Oh. I get it. God, yeah. Okay. I feel like we almost invented some new California slang. Like, there you go. I'm hanging puppies hanging out here. Hanging puppies, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm hanging puppies out here. Yeah, hang, um, hanging puppies. So I, I want to go back because you talked about the streaking on the windows. Does that mean that like, you generally start on the top floor? Yes. Um, we launched the platform from the roof. And we start making our way down. Because so that when the water drips, you're catching it on each floor as you go down. Correct. See, these are the oh. questions you should be asking. Yeah, Paula. yeah. No, that makes all the sense uh, yeah. in the world. Yeah. See, I know I would have done it the other way around. I know you would have done it the other I would have started from the on bottom. the ground floor. And then, like, when I was on the 13th floor somewhere, like, I would have spilled the bucket and been, and ah, oh, shit. I gotta go back down again. You'd go back down and start again, wouldn't you? It would take me, like, a month per building. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I would hate that. I would hate that. How long does it take you, by the way, to do an 18-story building? Well, it depends on the footprint, on the size of the foot floor. What plate. do you mean the footprint? He means how big the building is, not that people left footprints on the windows. Yeah, true. Yeah, I was going to say. That's a, that's a problem right there. And you often yeah. pass their yeah, pounds. Thank them. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're doing one of those, uh, what's the name of the city that Batman works in? Gotham. Gotham, Gotham City. Gotham City, yeah. You know, because they're always walking up the side of the building, Batman and Robin. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's a that, good contract, by the way. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, think. Gotham yeah. City, fantastic. Yeah, Gotham all City. All boot prints. Yeah, they don't wear boots, do they? Yeah, what do you think they wear? Batman sandals? Yes. Uh, do they wear boots? What is it? Wingtips? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sneakers? They but wear I know boots? that a lot of times they would get like cape marks on the windows. Would they? Yeah. When they're climbing up, their capes would sort of drag on the the hem of the cape. Would the drag, hem of the cape would drag on the I window. I feel like the feet would be worse than the hem of the cape. Yeah. I don't think there are hem marks on windows. You ever come across a window with a hem mark on it? No. Not, oh, that, he, sorry. not that he knows it. It's on the works in Los Angeles. No, that's on the inside. Yeah. Oh, speaking of what's on the inside, and I know Paul is curious about this too. What have you seen going on inside buildings? Oh, yeah. Whoa. They're not all mirrored surfaces. Do, do people ever not realize that you're there and then you see, like. You, Believe you it know. or not, yes and no. It's when we wash during the day, mm-hmm. will the. The workers are coming down, washing windows, and the platform will go lower itself in front of the bank of windows. Yeah. And there'll be a conference room there. Yeah. They're having a big meeting. Yeah. The meeting will stop. Okay. And everybody just stares, watches us work. Yeah. And four minutes later, we keep on going and they continue with their meeting. Wow. I know you're not referring to that. That's not yeah. what I'm referring to. That's exactly what I was... Let me ask you something. <laughs> Wait, do you ever do the Trump Towers? No. Oh, because I was going to say, do you remember the day they were talking about adoption? Did you happen to be there that day? I wonder if no. there was a window washer you, you there could be the gr- You could be the greatest uh, like evidence yeah. giver, right? Just from, you know, there they were, like, you know, what do you, maybe we could hack Hillary's emails, and then you hear, like, <laughs> hey, I'm just washing the windows. <laughs> Just I wonder happy. how many times the FBI has gone undercover. Have you heard about any of that happening? No, no. Sorry. Did they ever come to you and ask for training, like to go undercover? No. Did Tom Not Cruise ever come to you and ask for? Hasn't he in some Mission Impossible movie pretended to be a window, window washer? washer? I don't think so, but I wish he had. Yeah. 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 But for, for some reason, to me, if you're going to be a, a spy who's pretending to be a window washer. You have to have an extravagant Italian accent. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. But in my mind, it feels like he should be like, I'm going to make your windows nice. You just keep talking yeah, about yeah. whatever you talk about. But Hector, you're not Italian, are you? No, I don't think so. No. no. What's your, what's so your you p- can't be a spy. Hector Garcia. Hector Garcia. That's not an Italian name. Ah, he's Italian. He's faking it. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to Garcia. the thing I was asking about. How often have you come across a couple, or more than a couple, having sex? Oh, um, 
you know, in the past 20 years, maybe once or twice. Once or twice. Yeah. Yes. So it's not, a, it's but not it keeps every day. You, it it's, keeps you cleaning windows, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Please, please. Yeah. Yes. Do they notice you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, oh, my gosh. They, they look up and, oh, my God, grab the sheet and run out and Oh, yeah. And then hide. do what? They you hide. They, they try the to hide. Oh, they hide? Yes. Oh. So it sounds like you're always scared out there. Well, if once you're focused on the washing the window, you uh-huh. just forget where Everything you are. Everything else just falls away. Yeah, See, basically. I like that about yeah, the it's job. Just, um, you just forget about everything you else. Forget about, now, what f- about the person that you work with? I mean, who's in control of this swing, swing, stage. swing stage? Each side of the platform, swing stage, has an independent motor, and each motor has a set of buttons, an up button and a down button. That's all I can do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so... Each person controls their own side. So wait a minute. Wouldn't that make it go crooked? Like if That's you why finish you first and you go down to the next one well, and you, you just leave you your buddy to, standing crooked? You have crooked? to work together. Oh, you have to work wow. together. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why don't you just have one button? Right. For two motors. Well, logistically, that sounds right. Yeah. And, it does. But, but when you're talking about a cable spooling down a platform, right? sometimes the cables don't match. Oh, so and you really sometimes, have to make little adjustments. So once uh, one side might get lopsided, so you always oh, have to balance yourself. Oh, my gosh. Balance so yourself. it's like hanging a picture yeah. constantly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just, you have you to know. get it right. Get- Which you can do. You hang pictures pretty well, don't you? I'm a pretty good picture hanger. Fantastic. Do you ever have a fever and you can't tell if it's crooked or not? <laughs> You know, Is that a reference to me? I'm pretty sure I don't have a fever. Okay. Fine. Do things seem crooked in here to you? No. Well, yes, some, one thing does, but it has nothing to do with, with my perception. Um, all right. So you said you did this for the money. Yes. Like, and I guess uh, what could, and if this, is, if this question is out of bounds, you let me know. What could a, a talented, young, aspiring window washer like Paula hope to earn on their first day on the job? Well, we start people... On the ground. So you won't go in on a high rise or a platform for at least six months. Oh, wow. Oh, so Six months. Six months. So, six months on the ground. So basically, you'll have to learn how to you know, pull a squeegee efficiently and fast. So Really? Yes. So you time people with their squeegee pulls? No, no, no. You don't time them, but you have to, you have to match them up with another partner that was working in tandem Mm-hmm. At the same time, so mm-hmm. that you produce the same rate. Right. Now, if you remember, we go back to the platform being level. Right. That's sure. exactly what you want to do is put two guys that are at the same level. Right. Washing windows. So the platform goes down evenly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But, and and you earn good money there in, the, on the, in those first six months? Or is that like a No, it's, 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 uh, it's training period. Right. You know, the money doesn't come in until like three or four years into it when you start getting to the high rises. Oh, okay. Gee, Hector, I'm 58. <laughs> yeah. You have time. I'm not sure time. how long you have I can time. wait for you. Time. I don't know you how long time. I can wait for, the big, for my big window washer money. <laughs> hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I want to tell you about a HeadGum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha B, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to you? Hu- I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, <laughs> uh, protect, 
humanity, but apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I, I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role-played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uproxx calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that out. What's the highest window you've ever done? We maintain uh, a 74-story building downtown LA. Wow. wow. And, and there's another new building that's 85 floors downtown LA. Damn. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. How this? long? You said it depends on the footprint. Yes. Um, for example, the 74-story building takes exactly... 35 days, working days, whereas there are other buildings that are shorter, but it has a bigger- Wider footprint. Floor plate uh -huh. size. Yeah. That takes us four months. Four wow. months. And so I, I would imagine that you then have to start again. We basically do. We, so you're basically it's always- It's like the Golden Gate Bridge, no, right? Not. Where they're always painting the well, Golden Gate Bridge. certain buildings, yes. Yeah. So you just start- and Finish yeah. and then start again. Wow. Oh, I was thinking it was like a, you know, a couple of days. Like, okay, there's a, couldn't you just get lots of guys? Well, we do have lots of guys, but what you want the same two people on the platform. So the maximum number of people on a platform swing stage, mm -hmm. two. Okay. Maybe three, depending on the And load. how many swing stages can you have at a building at a time? One. One. Really? Why? Uh, because the way the, the anchor system on the roof is designed. Oh. So you can only have one. So you have to, our scheduling team kind of, okay, this team is going to be on this building for three months. Mm -hmm. And then they, they schedule the next building right after that, next building after that, and after that. Gee, Hector, this sounds like an awful long time. Are you sure some of these guys aren't just kind of dogging it? What's the kind of cloth? Chamois? Yeah, chamois. You, have you ever used a chamois? Uh, no, you actually use the blue towels. The blue, yeah. Oh, the blue towels. The blue yeah. towels. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they're, but they're blue like, mechanic blue towels. Oh, like so. that you get it like a car wash or yeah. something. That kind yes. of blue towel. Nice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, how long have you been doing this? Wow. Uh, thirty-eight years. Thirty-eight years. Hmm. Do you remember I, the story of the John Hancock Tower in Boston? Yes. With the windows that would pop out. They found that the windows would turn green just before they popped out. And so they had a guy whose job it was to walk around the building with a walkie-talkie and tell them and call in if a window turned green. And then they would, wow. um, and then they like, would suction it in. That sounds semi-imaginary to me. Why would I imagine that? If no, I'm gonna I imagine, somebody told you If I'm going to imagine something, it's going to be like I'm Maria from The Sound of Music, but without the Nazis. <laughs> I'm not saying you imagine that. I'm saying maybe some. It sounds like that was a story that kind of like got 
twisted in the. Did you think it's a little apocryphal? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, apocryphal. Not not apocryphal, just not true. Really. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I'm driving at. Do you know anything about windows turning green? No, I've never, never heard. I've about never that? heard anything you know, about that. You'd think a window guy would know about that. Unless it's completely you, not you'd true. You'd think that would be like window lore. You would think unless it's not every year at the window washer awards ceremony. Right. You know that there would be a story about. Except in the case that there's no such thing, in which case the window washer. Would never talk about. Do you it. have a window washer award night? <laughs> That's a really good for question. for our company. No, but for your association, for an association, there is an association. Exactly, I knew it. Okay. Do you ever have an entertainer at it? <laughs> this is what this is coming around to. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Because yeah. man, I would love to do the window washer event. <laughs> the way I would like to enter the stage is from the ceiling. Just <laughs> but you'd have to be with somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you need an assistant. Yeah, I know a guy who's on every one of my shows. Yeah, if only you remember his name, you could probably yeah. give him a call. Yeah. Fully... He's not going to love you around much longer, though, as far as <laughs> no. from what I hear. He's at yeah. death's door. Yeah, he's got a bad virus. Ooh. All right. Well, Pop. thank you, Hector, for giving us a look through the window of your career. Paula, you've heard from Hector. What have you learned about being a high-rise window washer, and could you do the job? Hey, Ryan, could you give me a little work break music? To be a high-rise window washer, you have to be calm and efficient. I don't know how good I'd be at that. Even when I wash my back door windows, I often yell, God damn it, there are streaks, and I bounce around in the wind as I work slowly. On the other hand, although I've never worked on a swing stage before, I've made a stage swing. And when you wash a tall building, you start at the top and work your way towards the bottom. And my career has had some experience with that. So, um, where are you going to be next, Paula? <laughs> On January 18th, I'm going to be in Houston at the Wortham Center Cohen Theater. That's easy for mm. you to say. Hector Garcia is president and founder of HSG Waterproofing, Restoration, and Window Cleaning. Hector, thanks so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me. We didn't even talk about the water cleaning. Thank you, house band Ryan Gabrinetti. So... Paula, it seems like you're going to continue your career as a comedian as we come to an end of a career corner episode. Well, so far, um, so far, I'm going to be at the North on New Year's Eve. That's right. You are. In and, San uh, Francisco. Given that, we're going to continue coming to you on Maximum Fun. And uh, you know what? Maximum Fun just so happens to have a lot of great comedy podcasts. So let's hear about a couple of them right now. <laughs> Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Again, what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. And I'm Judge John Hodgman. If you live on the west coast of North America, we're coming your way. That's right. Judge John Hodgman is taking justice to the west coast on tour. Starting where? 
Vancouver, British Columbia, January 15th, then to Seattle, Washington on the 16th, Portland, Oregon on the 17th, San Francisco, California on the 18th, and Los Angeles, California, the City of Angels on January 22nd. Tickets are on sale now. You can find links to all of the shows at MaximumFun.org. And if you're going to be in one of those cities and you have a dispute we can try on stage, send it to us. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. I'm ready to judge you on the road. Take that, Jack Kerouac, author of On the Road. Maximum Fun is also selling Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone t-shirts now, Paula. Oh, boy. The new t-shirts are in. Oh, I'm so excited. You can find those at the maxfunstore.com. Once again, that's maxfunstore.com. And they are really, we're looking at a couple of them right here. It's a, I'll tell you something. If you were to see this in an art gallery, it would not be out of place. Well, it, it would be because it's a t-shirt. Uh, no, not at all. It's got the uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone uh, beautiful logo. It's a really nice logo. Right on the front of the shirt. And I believe, by the way, the color is the, it's a blackberry. It's a blackberry yeah. color, yeah. 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 yeah, it's like it's like purpler than navy. Yeah, it's actually just a dark color. It's a dark, uh, bluey, yeah. Most people color. wouldn't be able to identify what color it is. It's a dark color. You know it wasn't it's black, though. It's not black, yeah. and yet it's not navy. Right. It sucks up the light without being black. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then on the back, it has a uh, a wonderful piece of Paula Poundstone advice. A good quotation. You want to read it to everybody? Never take your kid to an orthodontist who is sending his kid to college or putting on a deck. Now, what I've always been wondering about this shirt, and we can all talk about it, is it putting on a deck or putting in a deck? Well, uh, you know, before we had it printed, right? because I always say putting on a deck. Okay. Not that I've ever put it on a deck. It sounds like a deck is a kind of party to me. Uh, Wouldn't you say it that way? No. it's uh, So I looked it up. I Googled it. You did. And it was listed both ways. Both ways. You could ways. say putting in or putting on. I mean, they both make sense, because yeah. you're putting in a deck, you're like installing a deck into the thing that is your When you're putting house. it on your house. Yeah, but you're, putting, you're going, adding it onto your you're house. You're adding it onto your house. Either exactly. way, yeah. if your orthodontist is doing that. Don't go to that orthodontist. Don't go to that said exactly. orthodontist. Exactly. Wait until you they know, have. And this is not Go this to the orthodontist of, that already has a deck and fully grown kids. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, and by the way, this controversy over putting on a deck or putting in a deck, you might want to, when you do eHarmony, that's something you might want to ask someone that you date. Wow, it sounds like that's exactly what you wouldn't want to. No, because I think when people... It sounds like your date gets off to a very pedantic start if you're talking about that. No, because you can stop a train wreck. Um, Because a lot of times what happens is as the years go by in a relationship and people are married and they have kids and eventually, Uh you know, they fall away from one another. Sure, they grow apart. Um, What they realize is one of them always said putting in a deck and the other always said putting on a deck. That's the turns out to be the thing. That, yes, absolutely. Most people would say it's different interests, infidelities, fell out of love, but you're saying it's disagreed over whether it's putting on a deck or putting in a deck. I'm saying that that discrepancy between putting in a deck and putting on a deck is what leads to infidelities. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's some some, some interesting relationship advice. And lack of common interests. Right. All that stuff comes from that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what a mistake in retrospect that we made tonight? For no. this part of the show, Mm-mm. is that moving on from this part of the discussion is your line and not mine. 
So I don't think there's ever going to be a time when you look at the script. No, I don't really. And I I hate to say this, but I really never look at a script. Yeah, Um, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, ruined me in Shakespeare class. I'm sure it did. Um, All right. Where am I? You're going to say where you can follow us on Twitter oh. and stuff. You know, oh, that I could have said that without a script. Yeah, you could have, but you <laughs> didn't, Paula. That's my point. You didn't. <laughs> you, you just left us twisting in the wind talking you about didn't. putting but on you a deck. Didn't. It's supposed to be um, a passing reference, and we spent 25 mm. minutes. We spent more time on the on or in a deck than we no, spent with the window this, washer. This is where there's friction between you and I, as I say putting on a deck and you saying putting in a deck. You can follow me, listeners. You can follow me and Adam on Twitter or in Twitter. And you can also follow me on Instagram. Or in Instagram. Or in Instagram. Or in Instagram. I, I am now... I, I wouldn't say I'm proficient, but I'm able to post some things. Are you? In Instagram. I call it Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Now, yeah. if you like the show, please uh, please post a review on uh, Apple or uh, the iTunes site or the all that. Post a review, please, and, and rate us five stars, unless it's a six-star rating. And if you have a question for me, email it to nobodylistenstopolapoundstone at gmail.com. That's where you can send your theme songs, too. Find us on Facebook at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And that means you, Vladimir. And that's the way it is for tonight's podcast. (laughs) Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Ryan Gabrinetti. And thanks again to our guests, Frank Buckley and Hector Garcia. Our head of security was also that self-same Ryan Gabranetti. <laughs> well, that's it for our show tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I gotta go lie down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You... So pale. I'm, I'm, I'm a very pale guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're like translucent. Really? Yeah. I'm not flushed, am I? No. I worry that I might be tubercular. I don't know. You're not flushed. I don't think you're tubercular. I think you've got a terrible virus. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux.
Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.